thinking about changing the channel to our competition. Fans do not. Because we understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here one time as, as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Oh, going to put some butts in the seat. Welcome to the Attitude Era podcast Bono episode. It's madness. Uh, hello, everyone. Again, I'm Kevin Mann. Joined this evening for this very special bonus episode as we look at one of the most important episodes of Raw and fondly remembered moments in the Attitude Era. I'm joined by Billy Kibo. Hello, Billy. Hello. Have you got Bono episode fever? I do. Have you have you watched much of Raw in 1998 or 1999? No, this is the first time I've watched the Raw from this era. The version you watched of this had Matt Stryker. Yeah, I, I had a, cla- a WWF Classics version, which was hosted by Matt Stryker and Renee Young. So every now and then it uh, kept cutting back to them and they, they just talk about what's happening. Some of the, the least appropriate two people ever yeah, to talk it about was, this episode. I, I, I won't Raw. lie, it's boring as shit, them talking, but there's a couple of moments which uh, just slightly ruin it. Yeah, well, see, Adam is lucky in the fact that he gets to uh, do the absolute garbage British pay-per-views and you're getting to do what is widely regarded as one of the greatest episodes of overall in history. Take that, Adam. Yeah, so it is the 4th of January, 1999. WWF Raw is War. Sean, you're fire. You're fire. Is it? Oh! Sweet shit music! Sean, with sweet shit music to Mr. McMahon! With one swift kick, Shawn Michaels' illustrious career in the WWF may have come to an end. Shawn's storybook career began over 10 years ago, when a bright-eyed young kid captured our hearts with his undeniable charisma. We watched Shawn Michaels grow up and transform into the heartbreak kid, a brash and cocky manifestation of his own personality. It was the heartbreak kid's flamboyance that made him the most popular, and at times, a most controversial WWF superstar. HBK's trademark showmanship, coupled with unparalleled athleticism, propelled Shawn Michaels to become the most decorated competitor in WWF history. The boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. Shawn's relationship with WWF owner. Get that owner, get it off now, get that sentimental crap off the tight trot. Well, what a way to kick off Raw King, Mr. McMahon and the corporation heading to the ring. Good. And last week on Raw, Mr. McMahon fired Shawn Michaels as commissioner. Right, he got his notice. Okay, so we start off there with that absolutely awesome video package with uh, Shawn Michaels, of course, who was the commissioner. Yeah. And he got, he done and he got fired by, by mean old Vince McMahon. But at the start of the episode, they were playing this like tribute video, like yeah. Shawn was gone forever, and Vince comes out like, enough of that sentimental crap. <laughs> He is not happy at all. Are you uh, surprised to see Shawn Michaels go so quickly? Um, no. <laughs> Just cut it short. No, I'm not. I, I didn't imagine we'd be we'd be seeing him uh, for long. Uh, yeah. In this, in in the run of the podcast. It's crazy that I mean, like. 
it's supposed to be attitude error, supposed to be the fact they bring a guy back after ages, and then they immediately turn him heel, and then they immediately turn him face straight away, and it's, yeah. it's, it's strange. That's, see, I missed that, I missed the face turn. Yeah, well he's kind of, well, I suppose by the fact that Vince has fired him and whatnot, yeah. he's now, if you're not with Vince, yeah. you technically he's friends with the Degeneration X again. Those no good degenerates. So yeah, Sean got fired because two weeks previously on Raw, uh, Shane was left running things, and Shane, you know, he's like scrappy dude. Yeah. He always bites off a little bit more than he could chew. He yeah. challenged Mick Foley to a fight, and he got killed. So Sean yeah. got uh, fired as a result of that. Well, not really Sean's fault. Not really, and it was really weird at the time because they like Sean was like letting him get beat up, but he wasn't exactly being a good guy about it. Yeah. He's just like, all right, go get beat up. If Sean had like the opportunity to stop him, and like he's just in the back doing pills, <laughs> and like. <laughs> And like, then I can understand that maybe, yeah, Sean, that that, that is your fault. Your... Yeah, I was expecting Sean to be fired from this role. From like, you know, Vince would come expecting you know Sean to have all the matches booked for the night. He was like asleep somewhere. Yeah, like, like that TNA with uh, Jeff Hardy. Basically, yeah. it's kind of a falling off the rails a little bit. We get uh, Vince McMahon coming out. He's pure gold here. He's with the entire corporation. Talking about how he's rid of Sean. Sean has uh, nothing to do with him anymore. And if you spot in the background there, when the very the corporation is fucking massive. First of all. Yeah, it is. It's, it's 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 two people bigger than last time we, we saw. Yeah, it. we've got uh, Kane in there now. We've got Kane in there, and he's got his little sign on his back. You know, so taking Brisco Brothers Body yeah, Shop, taking him uh, nice and seriously. You know, it's the big monster of a uh, WWF. Got a sign on his back, mate. He's he's always cutting edge. Yeah, uh, Kane, because you know he came out with the thing with the fireworks and the mask. He's really ahead of his time. Viral marketing as well. Yeah. If you actually make it out, there's actually a hashtag at the front of Chris. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. <laughs> but uh, we also have, in addition to uh, Kane, who uh, we also test is now a member of the corporation. Yeah, I didn't know who that was at first because they didn't say it was... Well, obviously, they would have said Test is in the corporation in previous roars. It's a long-haired bloke. He's got, a luscious, he's got a luscious blonde hair. He does. He Wait, does. You, watched, you started like, watching Raw and SmackDown in like, 2005, right? Yeah. So you, Test wouldn't have been around then, would he? I don't think so. You'd even, I could be wrong. Have you seen him before? No, or? I've only heard um, you and Adam talk about Test. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a Test match after... Well, Apart test, from like, test later on. In this, yeah. Yeah, no, test is test is pretty awesome. He's he's Canadian. He was trained with you know the Hearts. He was a friend of, of Bret Hart's actually. Uh, he's a pretty awesome big man. He's a bit you know he's a bit green here obviously at the yeah. start, but he, he he's going to be on the show quite a on the podcast quite a lot going forward. I don't know. What do you think of the corp? I mean, the corporation. I mean, originally it was just like Vince and a couple of dudes, but now yeah. it's like a fucking army. Yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of liking it. They've got good guys. So Vince is basically just ranting and raving about, you know, Michaels and whatnot. But then good old HBK appears, despite the fact that he was fired the week before. Yeah. And he comes out with all of DX. Yeah. I think it's like the first time ever we've seen, like, every all of DXs and, like, the extended yeah. DX. Yeah. Absolutely every single one of them. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. it's uh, I like to see how, uh, how easy it was to forget uh, on the last pay-per-view, uh, just... Him, him being naughty to uh, Road Dog in uh, he was proper, Gun. yeah, he was proper naughty, and they've just forgiven him. That's that's the problem, I suppose, with having all these turns back and forward. While it makes for like, interesting TV, there's a bit of a logic gap. Yeah. It's like, hey, remember two weeks ago when you yeah. you know tripped me well, up and all this. I think you can say I think you can say that though about you know uh, a lot of wrestling. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not like, just like, those, wrestlers. Yeah. As soon as there's a turn, everything that was before that is forgotten. Yeah. 
so HBK is with DX. He mentions that his contract he has with WWF is ironclad, which we now know in current storylines means diddly squats. Yeah, it means fuck off. <laughs> ironclad. It's just like, I mean, if you're ever hiring anyone for a position, you go, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll sweeten the deal. We'll make it ironclad. <laughs> what does that mean, sir? It means I can't fire you. Oh, I'm going to have sex with your wife now. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much, it's a it's a rookie mistake if you're yeah. signing anyone to an ironclad contract. <laughs> we talk about the Royal Rumble draw then. Vince was trying to screw Austin with the Royal Rumble. Austin's in as number one, yeah. and Vince himself is in the Rumble, and he declared himself to be number 30. They rigged the draw. Yeah. Well, now Shawn Michaels is, uh, did the old switcheroo, and now we've got Austin is in number one in the Rumble, and Vince McMahon is in number two in the Rumble. Which will be interesting. Stone Cold Steve Austin will be the first man to enter the Royal Rumble. Uh-oh. I don't like the sound of this. And the second man who will be entering the Royal Rumble will be Vince McMahon. Whoa! No <laughs> Mr. McMahon will enter the Royal Rumble number two! Think about it. I mean, McMahon's been hit with chairs and so on and yeah. so forth. But bar like that one quick moment after WrestleMania, he hasn't been in the ring with Austin really. No. So that's a really, I mean, that gets you excited for the Rumble, if anything. Yeah, it does. I imagine there's going to be more sort of tricks going into it. Like I can imagine that uh, some of the corporation will come in, you know, third, fourth, maybe fifth. <laughs> I can imagine like Shamrock will come in, then Big Boss Man, then Test, then Kane, all just immediately. Vince but- McMahon, if you're, you're listening to this and you have access to a time traveling device, that's what you should have done. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He put in draws and go instead. For fuck's sake. <laughs> HBK promises a stone cold surprise yeah. layer on. Yeah. How the stone cold surprise. I wonder what that could be. Steve Austin. Yeah, it's it? probably going if it's if it's got stone cold in the name, it's either going to be a cold stone. <laughs> which Mike Tyson which, yeah which I frankly don't think is going to happen or it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin which I think is more likely well, considering it, he works for it, the company in the main event Sean comes out with like a you know a banana kaboom fudge sundae <laughs> I'm sorry Vince here's your favourite ice cream dessert. just smashes it on the floor <laughs> this Stone Cold surprise isn't good enough alright it's our first match of the evening and it's going to be weird recapping Raw matches because Raw matches in the Attitude Era have very little substance to them for the most part yeah it's well I looked on, um, I found a page with just uh, all the results and all the times. Yeah, short matches. Short matches, I think every match is under under four minutes, yeah. apart from the hardcore match later on and then the main event, yeah, which, it's, think, it's which are both eight and a half minutes. Yeah, which is still quite short. Which is still, I mean. yeah. It's a, it's a very short episode. It's, like, it's not like Raw nowadays, which is three hours. This is a, a, an hour and a half, yes. albeit this is the strangest hour and a half. I think I've ever seen in well, wrestling. Co- comparatively speaking, it is outstandingly strange. But we got our first match of the evening, which is Ken Shamrock taking on Steve Blackman in a non-title match. Shamrock at the moment is a double champ. It's pretty awesome that I've seen Shamrock come out with two belts. Very yeah, few he's, people he's tag did. team champion and is he intercontinental champion as well. I can see the recent guys who've had double belts. I think Miz had a double belt oh, at one yeah. point. We have this uh, non-title match. One of the first things, I don't know if you saw this, and this would be interesting because you were watching this WWE Classics on Demand yeah. edit. The first thing they do, and, and my I watched the original USA yeah. uncut. The first thing they do when this match starts is they cut to the crowd, and there's a young a young girl there. She couldn't be more than 11 years old. I saw this, I saw this. And she's got a black eye, and she said, I fought Ken Shamrock, and all I got was this black eye. And she's got a big smile on her face, and the camera's on her for a good minute. Yeah. 
What is that? Do you reckon like she asked her like one of her parents or like a sibling to punch her in the face just so she could have that sign? Say, like, I've got an idea for a sign, but it wouldn't make sense unless you know I've got a black eye. So, Billy, Dad, can you do me a favor? No, I, I think what we've got here is an elaborate color cover story, <laughs> and what you've just said there is what the girl was told to say. <laughs> Seriously, I'm so they didn't edit that out of the WWE classics. No, that, that that was that was in it. That's interesting because that's like you know shady as fuck. Shady as fuck. Anyway, uh, match is pretty decent. You know, back and forth. Uh, one thing you notice a lot: announcers discuss anything else except what's happening in the ring compared yeah. to the pay per views. Yeah, and that is kind of standard with Raw, but here it's particular. I mean, they don't even call a single move in this match. It's, it's no, weird. no, they don't. It's it's going back to what we said in the last episode about Michael Cole being shit. Well, like it's funny because everyone's giving out nowadays saying like, oh, all they do is talk about you know Twitter and tout and you know they don't talk about the the match. Well, at least they're talking about here. They're talking about other things. Yeah, well, at least other things related to actually yeah to the wrestling. But uh, Dan Severn appears in this match. I, I got very excited. I thought something was going to happen. So we had discussed in the previous yeah. episode Dan Severn getting his neck broken. Yeah. So he, was, he comes um, out in his, uh, his neck brace. And his amazing shirt. Yeah. He looks like he's going holidaying in France in yeah. that shirt. And then he, he just walks around the ring for a bit. And then uh, Jerry makes a pun. <laughs> oh, God. Jerry, Jerry makes a pun where uh, Shamrock, Shamrock doesn't notice that Seven's there for a while. And then eventually they lock eyes. And then uh, Jerry say, uh, says, there's some... I see UFC stairs. So, uh, good one, Jerry. Go on, Jerry. Imagine Jerry Lawler commentating UFC. Torque. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Severn comes out, but he doesn't do... It seems like he's not doing much, but Severn's actually lowering the room temperature because yeah. he's such a cold, icy individual uh, that he's actually making them all feel chill in the ring. He's yeah. actually having an ambient well, it's, 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 a, it's a swerve. You think, because Dan Severn's this big, hard guy, like, I can imagine that everyone... In who was there and like me watching is like oh Dan Seven's gonna interfere with this we know he he doesn't like Ken Shamrock so he's gonna get involved here it's a swerve because someone else gets involved exactly because um, Shamrock goes and clocks Seven when he goes in the ring apron but during this split second Billy Gunn interferes as the referee is uh, tending to to Severn so we got a, a double interference yeah. three on one on Shamrock yeah. boo this man <laughs> this despicable villain taking a three on one beating. Oh. Ken gets a, a famouser from Billy Gunn, and uh, Blackman picks up the victory. Yeah. And afterwards, Ken just runs away. Yeah, he's not happy. He's a very upset man. Yeah, just runs away, and you know he's taking his ball and going home. <laughs> the whole deal here is that Billy Gunn has been hounding Ken Shamrock for a title match, as the Outlaws, since last pay per views, are basically going their separate ways, kind of. Good. With Road Dog picking up the hardcore belt from Boss Man, and now Billy Gunn yeah. trying to do the same from from Ken Shamrock. Yeah. So. Won't have any New Age Outlaws tag matches for a little bit, anyway, it oh, seems. Well, well, that, that's good. I'll, I, I welcome that. That being said, though, I know we, we, you don't like the Outlaws, and by proxy of that, and you pointing out all the problems, I no longer really like the Outlaws <laughs> that much either. And loads of people on Twitter are now saying, well, I've ruined the Outlaws for them. Damn you, you accurate bastard. Yeah. But the thing is, is that this is kind of weird, though, because even though the Outlaws are a bit meh, we could, we could argue, um, they're really popular. Yeah. And to split them up at this point seems kind of silly, doesn't it? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, we get uh, shots of Vince McMahon and The Rock appearing in United Airlines Spirit yeah. Magazine. That doesn't bode well for the corporation here tonight. Okay, I'll tell you, the corporation is hot. The latest edition of Southwest Airlines Spirit Magazine, The Rock and Mr. McMahon on the cover. Well, I'm telling you, if you thought the Rolling Stone was something, this cover story in Southwest Magazine proves that the corporation is red hot. Just see the ringleader there? He looks great. 
Vince looks like Satan in those yeah, pictures. Yeah, and uh, Michael Cole and Jerry will not shut up about it. They're, like, they're it's, delighted. It's, it's the best thing that has ever happened to wrestling. In is Flight that, Magazine, man, you've made us. Vince McMahon and The Rock are on the front cover of Southwest Airlines magazine. It's uh, If you go into Wikipedia and championships and accomplishments for The Rock, it's yeah. there above his WWE yeah. title wins. Was in an airline magazine. <laughs> the thing you accidentally pick up when you go to ha- you know to go to throw up on an airline. Yeah, that's that's what they were in. Yeah, but uh, it's it's wasn't they're easy. The ring leader is what they're calling Vince in it, and it's just various shots of Vince with the Rock, and the Rock's not wearing Rock's wearing his wrestling gear, and Vince is in a suit. So it's just like a man in a suit and a man in his pants. Yeah, and Vince is just like pointing at him. It going, looks like yeah! it looks like you know when you uh, get TV shows and they get like big spreads in magazine. It looks like a w- really a weird like new odd uh, odd couple comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vince looks like con- like a concept art for uh, Dennis Hopper's Bowser in the Super Mario Brothers yeah, movie. Yeah, and he's a sleazy, greasy bastard, but he's human. So anyway, we have Billy Gunn and Ken Shamrock beating the bejesus out of each other backstage. That's something we don't get these days on Raw. The old backstage. Fight, yeah, you know? I like it. You know, no one stacks up piles of pipes anymore, or yeah. uh, or in a raw stage they can easily fall over if people knock yeah. into it. Nowadays, it's on raw. If you you know just go to backstage, it's just just Sin Cara looking for a bin, <laughs> which is something that would actually happen for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we got a uh, mankind coming out. Uh, mankind not scheduled for a match. Talking about two weeks ago when uh, Shane called him out and he had Shane's first ever match. It's been a yeah. crazy couple weeks. And I think I've learned a little bit about myself. I've done a couple things for the first time. Maybe you saw it on Raw, but I swear it was the first time I'd ever grabbed a man's testicles in my life. What? Patterson, I gotta tell you, in a rugged, manly type of way, I kind of enjoyed it. Oh, come on. This guy's an idiot. Poor Pat Patterson. It was also the first time that Mick Foley has ever used the words suck it without a please in front of them. Hey, and I just found out. You like that, huh? No, I don't like that. I just found out that I've got a new hobby that I like best of all, and it's called kicking the McMahon family's asses. (laughs) What? And awesome. he also uh, pinched Pat Patterson's willy. So, yes. uh, so you know he means business. Mr. Jocko. Yeah. This is what Cole calls it. Yeah. Now, I'm not one to put words in your mouth, Michael Cole, but if I was on those headsets, you better believe I would have been saying, Mr. Cocko. Yeah. Cocko. Yeah. Mick Foley says that last week was like it was a first for him because it was the first time he ever said the, the phrase, suck it, without the words, please, in front of it. Shows he's got manners. You know what? This is exactly why I, I drew to Mick Foley as a kid. Yeah. Because he was funny. Yeah. And uh, it, it breaks my heart that he, like, or certain certain critics, and even he himself at times, thought that he, you know, with the funny stuff that he... You made him less. You know, he 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 ruined his mystique. Yeah, he wasn't seen as just a big hardcore killer anymore. But I think he was. I don't entertaining think he necessarily needed to be that. I mean, if he wanted to be big hardcore killer, you know, he's got he's got Cactus Jack for that. Exactly. Yeah. He's 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 got all these personas which bring all different things to the table. And mankind was funny as shit. And, and I think mankind was the funny one. Definitely. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I I think this promos like this is what really got me into him as as a kid. Like when he says. We're talking about Foley as God. Yeah, is, is this the origin of Foley is good? Um, yeah, because um, Foley is God, the signs have been appearing since King of the Ring and in yeah. greater and greater number. At Survivor Series, there were dozens of them, and he was meant to be a heel, technically. There. Yeah. But Foley says, yeah, he's not God, 
but he's pretty damn good, yeah. which I think is just, is just awesome. And he wants a title shot. Vince McMahon appears and declares Mick Foley to be a monster. Yeah. He's also pathetic for wanting to do things <laughs> for the fans. <laughs> I love that Vince McMahon is just kind of shifted gears slightly from being kind of troubled promoter who's been pushed over the edge yeah. to just an evil bastard. Yeah. These are the words of a callous individual. Yeah. He is such a villain here. Um, he's like, all the bad food you eat. Call out McFoley for eating bad food. Yeah. You don't necessarily know he's eating bad food. I don't know. No, I don't know. He's not Vader. Like. No. <laughs> <laughs> he says that Foley, this is really funny, McMahon says that Foley hasn't paid his dues yet and you know, he hasn't earned it, even though you know, Foley obviously 15 yeah. years at this point had pretty much earned his dues. Yeah, earned it. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Vince McMahon wasn't watching King of the Ring. No. Or <laughs> the fact that at the next couple of pay-per-views, he still went out there yeah. and got hit a dick load of times. Look, Foley, you're good. Jumping off cages, it's all great. But until you hit that Spirit Magazine yeah. spread, friend, you're not getting the uh, title shot. Foley, Foley wants to have a match. Vince McMahon is basically saying no. But what he does set up is saying that Mankind can take on Triple H later on for a Royal Rumble spot. This will be Mick Foley's only chance, apparently. And that yeah. Shane McMahon will be the special guest referee. Which will be fair. And unbiased. Yeah. A recurrent thing here. The McMahon spent a lot of time in referee shirts on Raw during yeah. the Attitude Era. Get a lot of that. Uh, backstage, we see China and her girlfriend. A girlfriend, yeah. Who her. is quite possibly a man. Oh, man, I'm going to blow your mind shortly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll say no straight, more. Straight away, I thought, I think that's going to be a dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I love the way, like, I mean, maybe this is the first, you know, thing you'd see in the adage there, but I think the, the previous 10 episodes or yeah. so has maybe tuned your mind to spot a Vince Russo storyline <laughs> yeah. a country mile away. Yeah. I think that lady with opera gloves and an Adam's apple is up to no good. <laughs> anyway, Big Mizark Henry taking on Goldust. Uh, we're talking about we mentioned this before Mark Henry you know being yeah. in love with China yeah. at one point suing her for sexual harassment but now taking her out on yeah. dates all that stuff still not sure if I like Mark Henry so I've uh, given him the name sexual marmite <laughs> yeah I love him or hate him <laughs> I like him now but I'm not sure if I do back here <laughs> so I just, I just came up with that when, when watching it Fuck me. Okay, uh, King calls Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, this is the guys are coming out. King starts talking about Vince, and he calls Vince the smartest man in the world. Michael Cole agrees with him. Yeah. You fucking idiot. Not supposed to. This Vince McMahon is getting like, all this praise, like yeah. from the commentators. The match is, you know, pretty, pretty standard fare. Not really much happening. Yeah. Per Je se. Jerry says that um, he likes perversion in a person, but not with gold dust. <laughs> He actually says, now normally I like perversion in a person, but not when it's Goldust. Yeah, because Goldust is way too old. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and a man. <laughs> I'm stealing AJ Lee's lines here. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> So, uh, China and... Friend, New character, a girlfriend. A girlfriend. That's how, that she's referred to as a girlfriend. She later comes on to, I think, to be called Sammy. Yeah. But China and a girlfriend appear. Goldust drops Henry, singles for Shattered Dreams. Does it? And the match just ends. No bell. Yeah, the ref normally when Goldust sets up for the Shattered Dreams, it's because it's a it's a it's a illegal. Move, it's an illegal move. Whenever we've seen Goldust do it before, he the referee's always there saying, "No, you're not allowed to do this. If you do this, I'll disqualify you." And it's just the referee just so hands yeah, on the hips, just like, "Yeah, this is happening." He hits, he Kick, ki kicks him in the dick. He kicks him in the dick so hard his music plays. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the match just kind of 
ends yeah. with the idea being that Marxists got distracted by China and a girlfriend. Yeah. But China comes in and proposes a three-way, basically, in, in so many certain terms. Now, I know you like tall women. Hello, Sammy. And I know that you like exotic dancers. So I have a little proposition for you. I thought that I only if it was okay with you that Sammy and I can help you take a load off your mind. Timber! Whoa. Wait a minute, he's faded! Mark Henry has faded! It seems quite reprehensible here, given that China is meant to be somewhat of a strong female yeah. character. We, we get our first proper look at, uh, of Sammy in the face. And I swear it's Eddie Izzard. <laughs> and we know what Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard is a transvestite, so it, it could well be Eddie Izzard. It, it probably, and actually, I saw Sammy actually, uh, the, the girlfriend, she, she was running a marathon before yeah, this segment, yeah. so it was clearly Eddie Izzard, dead yeah. giveaway. Mark Henry faints. Mark Henry faints, and yeah. I think everyone always laughs, so like, people always make fun of Mark Henry's sexual chocolate cake. I thought it was funny. It is funny. It is funny. And you know what? Back then, Mark Henry himself would probably tell you, he was not great in the ring at this point he was yeah. clumsy he you know he hadn't much experience he he went straight in without any length of proper training yeah. for the olympics but here he's actually got good comic timing yeah. you know faint and all that he's good like mark henry fainting at the prospect of sleeping with two transsexuals at the same time <laughs> <laughs> anyway it all goes wrong for mark and somewhat rightly people malign the uh conclusion of this yeah. so to speak sammy and mark uh, next week they, they show clips of, of the two of them backstage and as China's going out to get ready uh, Sammy and Mark basically start going at it so oh, to speak uh, you know, yeah, and after it's, all that with China he just throws it away and it, it goes really really like gra it's not kind of like you know TV kind of making yeah. a kid like there's all blurred stuff and he's lifting up oh, dresses right. and is she's it like the grabbed. crying game where just a dick falls out no he, he goes down and uh, grabs a feet of the old meat and two veg like <laughs> 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 he, he uh, and uh, it flips over and starts first time. No, what happens is uh, he, he grabs her penis. Yeah. And then he turns and he goes... Oh! oh. Wait, Jesus! What's he got a penis? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> she has a penis. Yeah. Thus confirming our suspicions. Yeah. Now, many people say you can pinpoint the moment Mark Henry's career stalls. Yeah, you can actually hear the screeching of tires on an imaginary car as the brakes of his push, yeah. but that was pretty damaging. I, I'd, I'd, I'd say it probably is because he can't get much better for a while. It's fu it's funny, but I can't take him seriously. Yeah, I mean, well, we started taking him seriously in what 2011 when Henry started kind of really upping his ante. Yeah, that's that's when, yeah. I, took, that's when I, so, I took him seriously. Twelve years, basically. Yeah, this one move. Twelve moment. years. It's an easy mistake. We all could have made yeah, it. Yeah, we all you know? could have made it. Well, I, I think I knew straight away. Well, you so. knew straight away. <laughs> I mean, I was a sm I would have thought I was Eddie Izzard and would have tried yeah. my I tried my chances. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's a handsome man. But uh, he's rich, dude. But anyway, <laughs> that's uh, that's it for Mark Henry in terms of uh, his big storyline. But um, we get clips now of Jesse Ventura being sworn in. WWFO Jesse Ventura now officially governor of Minnesota. He was sworn in today after a stunning in November. We shocked the world. We really did. To my wife, Terry, my daughter, Jade, my son, Tyrell, who uh, 
They're riding along on another one of Dad's escapades. <laughs> and we're not done yet. The WWF opened up the door to the governor's mansion for Ventura. What's next? The White House? You're right now we say this is weird, because it's just like... There's transsexuals like loads, loads of things all of a sudden the same time. here's a guy and he's governor all of a sudden yeah, it's there's a Arnold Schwarzenegger it's a lot to take in it is, it is a lot. was Schwarzenegger at the swearing in? yeah yeah really? there's, there's, there's a bit it was like, I don't know if it was in your one or, or not but there's a bit where Jesse Ventura is you know just shaking hands with Arnold Schwarzenegger sweet I didn't see that that was awesome that's yeah. really cool they had a bit of a rivalry going did uh, Ventura and Schwarzenegger oh, I didn't know that they had been on several movies together yeah you know, we are uh, with Predator and... Predator Batman Robin uh, Running Man uh, apparently during Predator to psych out Schwarzenegger Ventura knew when Schwarzenegger used to go down to the gym and yeah. everyone was hitting the gym crazy at that thing you know because they're all giant dudes and he figured out that Schwarzenegger went to like 5 in the morning or whatever mm. it was and then he would go at five to five, and then he would just like cover himself in water, or whatever, make it out like he sweat yeah. loads. And he'd come out of the gym with a towel over his shoulder, going, "You just getting in here now, buddy?" You know. It's kind of... <laughs> Ventura will appear later on down the line in oh, some I'm capacity. You can tell here they're desperate for this positive press because I mean they were under fire from so many, you know, yeah. parents' rights groups, blah blah blah, at the time that this was something positive for them to to latch onto because there's actually an ad for a Jesse Ventura video they hastily put together yeah. as well after this. But I say right now, Jesse Ventura is one of my absolute favorite guys. Just personalities in wrestling yeah. ever. Fucking awesome. He's also insane. He I suppose that adds, adds to the charm. I'm a big fan of Jesse Ventura, particularly for his conspiracy theories program. Mm. Particularly, just that he had the he had the balls. He had the balls to finally get down to brass tacks and figure out what was going on with the reptile invasion of the United States of America. Yeah, yeah. There's the line at the start of that where he goes, uh, I've been a professional wrestler for 20 years. And I ain't seen no reptiles walking around. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll see more of uh, Jesse Ventura in a few episodes' time. Time for Summer Sam. Cut backstage. Well, I say cut backstage. Cut to a sex dungeon. Yeah. Dennis Knight is trapped. Somebody! Yeah. Help! Yeah, it's, it's quite bleak, isn't it? Now, you can't really see who it is because his head is down, he's covered mm. up. He's First of all, what I... Honestly, the first time I watched this, because this is a VHS rip, yeah. and sometimes the guys switch channels. We mm. mentioned before with WCW. I honestly thought he'd switched the channel and was watching some sort of, you know, yeah. German 80s, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, really out there porn. Yeah. But it's not. It was... W, the WF yeah. logo was there. What did you make of it when you first saw it? Well, it's just really strange because it's, it's, it's Dennis Knight just... One half of Southern it's, Justice. It's, it's, it's only like five seconds long just this little yeah. bit because they keep coming back to it throughout the night it's five seconds long of a man in chains crying for help and then Godfather just it cuts to Godfather yeah. coming out it's just like alright there's a man crying in a dungeon there's Godfather pretty sure he has nothing to do with it pimping ain't easy pimping ain't easy <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny that he's like it's such an undoing like shot because there's like dry ice and yeah. I think there's fake bones and stuff on the yeah, ground yeah yeah is he been captured by orcs what's know. happened to him we'll find out more about Dennis Knight later on but needs to say he's not playing big break anymore yeah so anyway we've got Godfather coming out 
cutting his doing his spiel. Yeah. Do you like the Godfather's big? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Pimping, pimping is is not easy. It isn't easy. I like Godfather in the fact that he is reinforcing the negative stereotype of the seventies fun-loving pimp. Yeah. But he's abolishing the equally as harmful stereotype that pimping is like some sort of easy money type situation. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not, not easy. And good on him for doing that. There's a lot that. of paperwork. Tess comes out. That theme music. Yeah, it's, I like Fuck it. Fuck me. I like it. Non-stop uh, harmonica and whatnot. <laughs> you get told that he's the former bodyguard for Motley Crue. Yes. Uh, didn't know that bodyguards have uh, professional wrestling training. It was weird. He, he I think he had legitimately done some bodyguarding and bouncer work Previous, yeah. in a previous life but how they brought him in is that Motley Crue played Sunday Night Heat Jesus <laughs> you know that, that that's literally like something out of, of Spinal Tap yeah you know playing you see, a wrestling show well not even a wrestling show playing Sunday Night Heat yeah if you're going to Sunday Night Heat and your name's on the marquee you should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> coming up tonight Mean Street Posse plus Motley Crue <laughs> equivalent of a puppet show but anyway um, he was put out like in like this voice yeah. and he was put out as like their uh their bodyguard and like a rowdy fan tried to run the stage and he like press slammed him and was like oh that's cool and then a couple of months later he appears and he's hey yeah. he's, he's, he's with the corporation now I don't know it's an interesting way to bring a guy yeah. in uh, if you hate Motley Crue you hate him automatically so boom he'll yeah. eat you know Val appears into the match as Test had jumped him earlier and we get a little bit of a reunion of supply and demand yeah. but uh, t- the referee automatically DQs Test for like just for using the post and it breaks down into a big ass. Yeah, he just fro- he just froze Godfather and that's a DQ. It's, it's weird. It's it's weird. It didn't didn't seem like something you get a DQ for. You can tell Vince Russo is writing this show heavily, mainly because there seems to be not much concern or even emphasis put on how matches end. As I mean, long as they do. The match beforehand just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and this one also arguably just stopped. Like, it's yeah. weird. And this isn't... I'm going to get a no contest later on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, I suppose they're just trying to make it unpredictable to get, keep you from changing over to Nitro. One thing I do like, though, is that how the corporation storyline, anytime they do, like, a, a big, you know, faction storyline, like the current corporation, WB at the moment, or... Uh, the Nexus, something like that. They never do this, what they do here, which is, the corporation is a big group, but they bleed into all the different storylines. Yeah. I mean, Val Venus and the Godfather are dealing with the corporation, and, you know, loads of different guys up and down the corridor are actually having storylines with them, so it makes them seem like a really big... Yeah, it's entry. filling it out more. So we have a shot at DX. Backstage doing amphetamines. Having the crack, I was going to say, <laughs> but, you know, they're pretty jumpy. Yeah. A lot of deviousness at play. Uh, we got Shane McMahon appearing now in his referee shirt. Yep. His theme music was a bit peculiar, wasn't it? it was a bit, I can't even remember it. It's kind of like techno dance speech. It was very yeah. unfitting for Shane. Uh, although Shane had originally come out a few weeks previously to the Brawl Frawl music. Uh. So thank God we'd have to... If, if I hear the Brawl Frawl music now, I just have this like automatic like ugh, yeah quiver breaks in uh, it's like Pavlovian or something. But it's used a lot, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's it's been used uh, quite a bit. So we got Triple H taking on Mankind. The winner will get a spot in the 1999 Royal Rumble. It has been so long since I've seen this dreadful Titantron intercut <laughs> with his entrance. The DX I've missed, Triple I've, H. I've missed it. Have I you? No, I'm not. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, it's awful. I hate it so much. It's such gives a headache. A, it gives you a seizure. Yeah, it's, it's awful. Well, I, the thing I... 
I, I will argue for it on, on one sense. When all of DX are coming out together and they do that, and it's cutting back, and they're all like doing different crazy things, or like Xbox is spitting water and Triple yeah. H is doing... That's cool. But when Triple H is literally just walking to the ring, it's like, DX, flash, 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 and then he comes back and he's still just walking yeah. to the ring, you know? He's just walking. It takes ages to get to the ring as well. Yeah, he keeps having to stop because the time <laughs> he keeps facing. Jacking there's like a little light. He has to he has to stop you know, every time the light comes on. He's like, that's when it's on you. Back. <laughs> it's on you again. It's like uh, it's like uh, his entrance is an elaborate game of statues. Yeah, that's what, what I was about to say. <laughs> so um, it's a pretty good action. Again, though, these two aren't really going at it full force, so to speak. It's it's a quick raw match. Yeah, these guys have some wars in the year two thousand. Later on, it it gets so crazy intense. So it's weird to see them just fighting and kind of yeah. being on the same side here. Triple H does a powerbomb type maneuver and gets a fast count. Triple Mankind H is screwed for a change. <laughs> screwed and he looks it's like he has to see it coming because he looks so distraught again but that just hits home how like mankind is like the innocent kind of yeah. dude constantly getting messed over so I mean Triple H goes in the microphone and says that it's, it's just business business because in this business business is business this business <laughs> I am the business business boys I am the one who business <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> so yeah, Triple H uh, basically saying he's not sorry, but he says Happy New Year to Mick and gives Ma- Shane McMahon a bit of a pedigree. A massive pedigree. A massive pedigree. It is a scary move. It is terrifying, and, you and know? Shane sells it very well. Shane Shane is awesome. I love the fact that Shane is literally one month in and he's already in the storylines. Yeah. He's taking moves. He's awesome on the mic straight away. He hits the ground running like it's awesome. So Foley pops on the abdominal stretch, which is a movie he says that he was taught in, uh, in junior high school in, in wrestling class. I'm going to show you a little move that Jim McGonagall taught me back in Ward Melville. What's he doing? Shane's already hurt from the pedigree. Shane, I'm going to break your shoulder. Over oh, here in Worcester, wants to hear Shane scream. Hold it right there, Vince. I'll break it off. I'll break it off. God help me. I'll break his shoulder. This is Mr. McMahon's here. Let him out. Let him out. Vince, Vince, I've changed my mind. You see, I no longer desire a title shot at the Royal Rumble. Do I say? Please, let him up! I want a title shot tonight. <laughs> what? Tonight? Just let him up! What'd you say? Okay? Yes. Uh, yes. Let me think it over. Let him go! Not good enough, Dad. <laughs> let him go! I want a stipulation. What do you say, Shane? Uh, let it go! Damn it! Let him go! No! DQ. What do you say, Dad? Uh, all right, no DQ. What'd you no say, DQ. no DQ? You got it. I guess we've got ourselves a little deal. Let it go. And he basically bribes Vince, saying he's going to break Shane's goddamn shoulder. <laughs> Did he, he say goddamn? Because it was bleep for me. It, it sounded like he said, Shane, I'm going to break your fucking shoulder. I'm going to break your fucking shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it did sound a little bit like it that. It was bleeped on my one. It was yeah, because they really bleep. 
really, mm. when you think about it. So it must have been it must have been pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Vince McMahon comes out and almost immediately gives in to uh, yeah. to Foley's well, He loves demands. his son. I like that. You know? Yeah. Father-son bonding, despite the fact that they're both despicably evil. So The Rock is incredibly obsessed. The match has been set. Later on in the night, it will be the WWF title on the line. The Rock taking on Mankind in a no-disqualification match. So coming up next, we've got Edge taking on D'Lo Brown. Edge comes through the crowd and gets fucking mauled coming out. He, like, literally, they're ripping him to shreds. The Shield, like, seemed to get out with pretty much no issue. Maybe they thought that those guys are worth more security guards. Edge just has to, like... Edge's meant to come out and be all mysterious, but he just looks jostled because yeah. everyone's pulling at his coat and his hair. It's weird hearing uh, So You Think You Know Me and yeah. they're not going into the riff. Yeah, yeah. it's Because it's, it's I've, I've got so used to that. The thing is that the You Think You Know Me thing, I, I, love, the, I love when guys have something constant like throughout yeah. their, their career. Cause, I didn't know he'd used it this far back. Even before he debuted... All, all the lyrics of this song, the you, the you Think You Know Me song, yeah. they were actually like, it's kind of like a spoken word poem thing because before he debuted, they would just have like footage of him running around, screaming, <laughs> going onto trains, screaming there. But it would be a lady going, you think you know me. You're lost. You are scared. You're nobody. And it's, it was just really cool. Yeah. That, that became Edge's song and then that later on became the start of Edge's more recognisable rated or song. Yeah. So he basically had it for his entire career, which yeah, is pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Really cool. PMS and D'Lo Brown are on the outs. And we know this because it cuts to a segment from a few weeks ago where D'Lo Brown calls the Pretty Mean Sisters glorified ring rats. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm not going to like this, am I? No. Um, this I knew instantly this is going to be... Uh... <laughs> This is going to be a Russo thing, isn't hey, it? <laughs> are you one of the, if you're one of those people who doesn't hate women, yeah. you might find the next bit yeah. a bit uh, distressing. But, but be, before the the hatred of women kicks in, uh, we get Cole saying Fiorellery instead of theoretically. Fiorellery! <laughs> he says Fiorellery. My name is Fiorellery <laughs> and I love to fight. <laughs> Fiorellery! He says that instead of theoretically. Good God in heaven. Which made me laugh. So Edge and D'Lo Brown have... You know, a uh, pretty pretty cool back and forth match. These are two guys who we've kind of have been yeah. firm favorites of us from the get go. D'Lo is hot dogging like a motherfucker. In this he'll do a move and then literally stand up at the top rope and shake his head. Or <laughs> yeah. He does thing that where he he knocks someone down, then he just kind of leans in and does a little 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 wobble. Yeah, I like that. He's yeah, sassy. Yeah, I like it too. D'Lo Brown is sassy as fuck. They go brawl to the outside. Edge does a big huge splash over the top rope. Really cool action, actually. It's the best we've gotten so far on on the show. Got a running power bomb from D'Lo, and then the Pretty Mean Sisters appear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a point to try and call them Pretty Mean Sisters as much yeah. as possible because I hate saying PMS. PM. It's so fucking lame. Yeah, and as soon as we see them, and without skipping a beat, Cole says it must be their time of the month. PMS are here. For fuck's sake! <laughs> and every woman in the world wept. I was watching this growing up. Good God in heaven. <laughs> what what was wrong with me? My parents need to have something said to them. But anyway, pretty mean sisters, yeah. not famous. Terry goes up on the uh, up to the apron and immediately falls down. Sick in the morning. Terry Runnels. Of course pregnant. Oh, look at Dilo. Terry's still not telling who the father is. She's up on the apron now. She doesn't know. Look out, Dilo. Oh, look. Wait a minute. Terry just, she slipped off the steel stairs. Uh-oh, and D'Lo can't believe it. Okay, Terry, Terry's hurt. Terry is hurt. Oh, D'Lo never touched her. 
He didn't touch her. She falls onto her back, which is where, of course, babies live. Um, in the uh, in the baby cavity. In the in baby the... cavity, at the lower bit of the spine. Yeah. And yeah, she's she's hurt. I didn't know she. I thought she wasn't pregnant. It said she said to Val that she wasn't pregnant. Then it came out then that she was pregnant, but she didn't know who the father was. Right. She so it's was... either Val or so. Yeah. It, Dustin. It wasn't Val. She said it wasn't Val's, basically. So right. it's question mark implying it may be Delos, implying it may be Goldust. But I think it's just Russo's like. Well, there's the, the sure way of telling if it is whose baby it is is when the baby's born. See if it's got gold paint on it. <laughs> you know, if it has gold paint on it, it is probably uh, Dustin's well I mean I think most of us are eagerly anticipating because this this is a big swerve here what happens because most of us are anticipating is for the baby to be born for it to be a perfectly normal birth and the baby to turn on Terry almost immediately yeah. and roll her up for a quick three count yeah. um, with the doctor and he's of course betraying Terry as well <laughs> uh, car crash uh, labour yeah. basically is what we're talking about here but no what happens is Terry falls down and she loses the baby Oh my god! Yeah, this I I I knew this happened. I mean, I'd watched this whatever recently. I forgot that it was on this episode of Raw. It's so tasteless. It's so tasteless. Like she's like, it it generally sent chills down my spine because she she's first of all she's selling it. Yeah, she's selling the fact that she's in the process of having a miscarriage by by squealing and repeatedly saying the phrase. Please hurry. And that generally sent shivers down my spine. And B- D-Lo the whole time is just looking, looking out terrified. there. Just going, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't, it wasn't his fault. Snitsky just there, dude. And then Jacqueline's just going, God damn you, D-Lo. It's like, In fairness, so much is happening right now. At the most base level, if you were to ignore the fact that the, even the name PMS is like completely stupid or whatnot, if you're just to take it at you know face brainless, don't think about it value. It's just two kind of crazy girls who yeah. do what they do to to take advantage and get ahead, whatever. But to have them come out during like Dilo, who's all like wacky and funny, and to do this angle, it's so wildly out of place. Yeah. First of all, the angle itself is like is 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 horrific, but like even just particularly doing it with these guys just makes it seem like. It taints all of them. It's like D'Lo, he's shaking his head and being silly with Mark Henry. Having a miscarriage angle with D'Lo Brown, what are you thinking? Yeah. It's good to see as well that uh, we know, of course, that uh, that they learned their lesson from having a storyline like this. And uh, so in something involving Schnitzky never actually happened uh, a few years later. I can't, I can't believe that they thought that this was obviously, they weren't happy with the execution of this miscarriage so angle. So they did it again. So they're like, God, we're going to do a mulligan, we're going to do this miscarriage deal all over again. It's absolutely tasteless. It's it's completely, and I don't care what anyone says about you know pushing the envelope and, yeah. oh, brother, you do what you got to do in this business. You know, no one is going to go, oh, there's a miscarriage happening. Better not find out what's on Nitro. You know, that this is just yeah. like exploitative... Awful uh, that's worse. The creepy doctor from Rock Bottom's back. Yeah, and he's he here's my thing. You find out like a couple of weeks later that Terry was completely hundred percent not pregnant, she was lying. Yeah. And this was all just a ruse to get at Delo. How can he not tell that she's not pregnant? Well She's meant to be three months in. I, I, I swear there's a bit I heard when it cuts to him her backstage after she's been taken off after being wrapped in a bed. Yeah, they, they, they zip her <laughs> up like she's dead. Like they put her in a body bag. It's like Undertaker taking her away but, or something. But the, the weird French doctor, I've forgotten his name, but I don't care. He's scared. The, we'll just call him Scary Doctor. Scary Do- Doctor. No, Doctor Scary. Doctor Scary. Doctor he's, Scary. He's got his stethoscope on, uh, on her stomach mm-hmm. and she says, is the baby okay? I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. He turns to her and says... I can't hear anything. 
Oh, I thought he was saying I can't tell if it's okay. I thought he's, I don't know. I, I don't. I, don't know. I, thought, I thought he said I can't hear anything. Because I mean, he's ba- he'd be breaking his Hippocratic oath, wouldn't he? If yeah. he's like not able to. <laughs> I'm just you know. Anyway, I, I'll just say say it one last time because it needs saying. This was tasteless. It yeah. was awful. It served no purpose. It didn't make. It didn't budge ratings. It didn't sell tickets. It didn't make D.O. Brown more over. It just. Made everyone involved seem weird. Yeah. It was just weird and unsettling. You shouldn't... Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. You know? It's 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 sick and weird. So, nice change of pace now. We, we go from Sex Dungeon to Godfather. And now we go from Miscarriage to Parson Briscoe and yeah. Kane come out. Kane uh, is being mocked, of course, by the, the Stooges. Uh, the deal here is that... Since Paul Barron and Undertaker have both abandoned yeah. Kane, he's basically got no one to fend for him, and he's meant to go to the insane asylum. Vince is saying, I'll keep you out if you join the corporation. Yeah. So Kane is like being used as a man-child kind of thing. He's the ward of Mr. McMahon. More or less, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's awesome in this role. It's like, I love... It's, it's interesting. Because what they're doing is they're just kind of like... They're using Kane, but they're building up a loads and loads of pressure until you think, oh, he's finally going to snap or whatever. So that'll be interesting to see. So Kane is told that he's going to be having a handicap match tonight. Uh, Shane McMahon is out with these guys as well. But Shane announces straight away that Kane is actually going to be taking on the Stooges, who had accompanied him to ringside, and points yep. out the Briscoe Brothers body shop sign on Kane's back. And then we just get this very strange beatdown. As- yeah. Shane then before it starts sick him Kane sick him I love that <laughs> Shane McMahon is so hilarious. he's like pow 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 get him get him get him, get him. Like, oh watch out watch out brother watch out, watch out. I, I, Shane McMahon is so entertaining he here is. Pat Patterson offers Kane offers Kane a smoke and then a condom <laughs> was that what it was I, that's what I think it was I thought it was Canadian money because it looks weird <laughs> oh no no I'm pretty sure it was a condom he says a cigarette <gasps> no a condom. <laughs> the, the, what treasures Pat Patterson has in there? Like you know, that's that's ridiculous. Why, why did he bring that out to the wrestling ring? Why has he got cigarettes in his? Obviously, he didn't know he was going to be having a match. I can understand him having a pack of cigarettes. Dude, last week he brought condoms. Last week, Mister Socko touched his willy. Yeah, you don't know. You know. It's been in other people's mouths. Yeah. I mean, just be safe. That's yeah, all. Must have protection. Yeah, you got to be safe. That's all he's saying, you know. So strange. <laughs> so weird. Pat Patterson then, after Kane chokes down Briscoe, Pat Patterson then, after the condom and after the cigarette, he goes for the next best thing. He offers Kane a chair yeah. to sit down. Not gonna, he's not gonna use it to sit down. That's though, not uh, like his gra- imagine his graph here. He's thinking yeah. he's, he's going up and up and up, whereas he's actually just he's all over the place. Yeah, can you imagine an auction? Someone's like a hundred thousand dollars, then you're like a chair, <laughs> and he's like, sold motherfucker, you know. Uh, but anyway, Kane kicks out the chair, chokes Sam's pat. Then Kane goes to grab Shane straight away. And I love this when you've got like a big crazy killer monster, but he can't be controlled. So straight away, like everyone has to be like, "No, Kane, you know, no, Kane, no." So if, if if you hit if you hit Shane, I'm sending you back to the insane asylum, and he just sort of walks sadly away. I mean, insane asylum standards in in America must have been quite. Yeah. This was before Obamacare, I suppose. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, Vince announces Kane as the winner, despite the fact that there's no pinfall or anything. Nice. It just. It, whatever. I mean, it's cool action, and like the storyline is cool, but it's just such little regard. I mean, people complain now, but I don't think they would dream of having an episode of Raw now where, like, four matches end just... Just end. Just end, whatever. Or anything. People wouldn't stand for it. Go back again to Midian. Somebody. Anybody. 
Dennis Nice, he's backstage again, tied up in the sex dungeon, still a, in a, a bit of a jam. Yeah, uh, two people come in. Do you? Could you tell who they were? I know instantly who it was. I, oh, was, okay. like, I was like, I knew instantly from his, the the voice and slick black hair that it was Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Um, and then is Farouk. The Lord of Darkness will be well pleased. <laughs> I, so, because I know it's they're the acolytes. Yes. I, I I haven't seen an acolytes match. I just know that they were part of. Uh, the Undertaker's gang. Well, they, they're part so, of the ministry. They obviously go on to become APA, which everyone yeah. is kind of familiar with. But before then, they were the, the evil acolytes, and they obviously duties involved beating up people, yeah. standing around with their hands and their hips as Undertaker cut long promos, and also maintenance and general upkeep yeah. of the sex dungeon. But it's good. You need someone who will do that. Well, you got to make sure the shackles are clean, isn't yeah. it? You, know? I mean, you don't want anyone to get like an infection. Yeah, I mean, you've been abducted. It doesn't mean you don't have to have a nice time. Yeah. You know? Next match, Hardcore Championship on the line. Our first of two title matches. Yep. Al Snow, accompanied by Head and a lot of blood, Taking on the road dog Jesse James, who won the hardcore belt from the Big Boss Man a few weeks previous. So we uh, have Al coming out covered in uh, red viscous liquid. He, he does. Not not sure why. He had been the victim of a bloodbath by the Brood. The Brood were doing this thing now where the lights all go out. Yeah. And then they're kind of... <laughs> that yeah. plays. The lights go on. Guys usually covered in blood. Generally I, happened at ringside so they didn't spoil the mat. And then whoever gets covered in blood kills everyone in the school gymnasium. <laughs> then walks through the town like f- f- fucking shit up like and carry. More or less. Yeah, alright then. Most people use just kind of like, Road Dog got bloodbathed once and he, the lights come on he's just like hands on his hips he doesn't sell he's just like <laughs> he's like he's been covered in gack and he's like oh no damn you Noel's house party. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's like a much more morbid version of yeah. Noel's house because when Al Snow got the blood pot on him and the lights come up, he's covered in blood. He's going, ah! Ah! <laughs> which I think is one of the funniest things ever. Because all the job squad are like, Al, calm down. He's like, no. <laughs> and this was two weeks previous, and Al still has to like, he's still got blood in his hair. He's still not washed. <laughs> he's not washed. He's wearing the same T-shirt. Head has got all the hair shaved off it and it's covered in blood and he's wrapped it in bandage. It's terrifying. It is. If you got a crazy guy character, you can't be the same ding-dong every week. You've got to do weird shit like this, keep the character kind of evolving. And he's doing that here. Yeah, I think he's it's... bringing something new every week. Plus, it's like, I mean, you're watching Nitro, you switch over to Raw and there's a guy covered in blood. You're going to be like, yeah. What's... sorry, red viscous liquid. Yeah. You're going to be like, whoa. Is that guy leading some kind of gothic lifestyle or what? I better tune in and see what's going on. So yeah, this match is for the Hardcore Championship. It starts off by Al Snow ambushing the Road Dog, and then we get a lot of pretty heavy hitting action between yeah, these two guys. We do. Uh, a lot of chair shots. Two tables get broken in the yeah. midst. Who who will help Road Dog when he does fuck all? He's got no one to ta- he's got no one to tag in. Yeah, he's got no one to tag in. It is weird to see Road Dog on offense for the bulk of the match. Yeah, it is very it's very odd. We get some pretty cool offense from Al Snow. He does like poetry in motion uh, yeah. with the yeah, chair. Yeah, I, I love that move. Really, really cool. And the moonsault, uh, which he yeah. misses and goes through tail. Al is really athletic. He's not he known is. as a he high flyer. He doesn't look it at all. No, he doesn't. Cole calls the moonsault a somersault. Yeah. You're fired, Michael Cole. <laughs> You're fired for being wrong. Snow smiles as he gets like smashed in the head a few times with the chair. Still little bits like that, you know. Yeah. You're, you're buying into Al Snow actually being proper crazy, you know, yeah. which is cool. Uh, they go up to the stage area and then they start heading backstage. Now this is 
at a lost art yeah. backstage brawl it would happen at least once a week in WWF yeah. you never see it anymore before they actually go backstage uh, Road Dog jumps off the second to bottom step and, uh, and, and which isn't high up at all no. and just as he does it Jerry goes hardcore <laughs> <laughs> Off that second step, brother. Yeah. 93,000 people. <laughs> Fuck me. I love when people take minimal risks like that, you know. Second second to bottom step. And then that's the moment. There's so many moments where Jerry could have said hardcore. When they go through a table. But they go through a table. He saves it for that. This is ridiculous. He says at one point as well, I've got two words for you, Michael Cole. Hardcore. Now, that is one word. I assume the second word he meant was pornography. <laughs> he got cut off and was made look foolish. What do you think of the old backstage brawling? I mean, this is something which you uh, probably uh, wouldn't have seen a lot of. No, I haven't seen a lot of it. And it's, uh, it's good to see toilet paper being uh, used as a weapon because, uh, Some as, we all, as we all know, Road Dog is a nugget of shit. Oh! So need, oh I was going to say that about Owen Hart, but that wouldn't have made sense. Because Owen is awesome. <laughs> and he's not here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then he gets hit with a broom. We got a broom. He uses a hose. Cardboard boxes, yeah. potted plants. There's a, these are some of the uh, yeah. the items that get used. It was kind of different to what ECW ECW was doing hardcore stuff, and people always said WWF was just trying to rip them off with their hardcore division. It wasn't though, because ECW it was guys hitting each other with chairs and stuff to be you know violent and you know yeah. hard hitting action. Here, even though it looks it's vicious some of the time, it is for comedic effect. It's there, it's comedic effect. So yeah. I mean, it is not really. I don't think it's the same thing. You can argue. And then Al Snow stabs Road Dog in the chest with a steel pipe. Yeah, that's quite uh, intense. <laughs> to which I said, Jesus, out loud. Because uh, uh, as we all know, Road Dog is Bennett from Commando. <laughs> Let off some steam, Road Dog. <laughs> and Al Snow looks up to the rafters and uh, sees his daughter, who was kidnapped by Road Dog, and they smile at each other, <laughs> knowing. Uh, Come on, Road Dog. Right. <laughs> Let the girl go. Put the pipe in me. Look in my eyes. See what's going on when you turn the pipe. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Two Schwarzenegger appearances <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. I'm happy with that. So anyway, Al Matrix, sorry, Al Snow uh, goes outside and they fight in the snow. But they not... fight in the Al Snow. Hey! Hey! I actually wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> like, I don't know sorry, why. do you want to set that up with uh, a little bit more kind of pizzazz? <laughs> no, so I'm right. go... Are you I was going to... that out there. <laughs> So they're fighting in the Owl Snow, and Owl's obviously got the type advantage now because he's a snow type Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> for <laughs> sake. So they fight in the snow, and like obviously the action in the snow is awful, but the fact that they are fighting in a snowstorm yeah. is cool as fuck. Get, I love that. Yeah, it was so cool. Get to see an Owl Snow being put in a snow wheelbarrow, then shoved into a, a big iron uh, rafter. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, bizarre. <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, the guys literally it's pelting down. Like yeah. they must be so because they're covered in sweat as well, obviously, yeah. which means you'll get a lot colder, a lot quicker. So they're lucky to get like hypothermia or something. Yeah. It finishes the match comes when Road Dog hits a pile driver into what? the pallets. What a pile driver! He fucking kills that guy. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Al Snow won't be coming back anytime. No. That's that's you done, son. Road Dog wins and he sprints back to the arena. I don't like this. Really, when he comes all the way back. No, I like it's. They should just call it outside. 
you know they usually like, do that like just running but it takes so long for him to he's, yeah he's sprinting as fast as he can and you know as soon as he gets back in the ring you can tell how gassed he is and like, yeah it, it's as long as it's cool as like, it's so frantic and it also proves that it's not pre-taped but i accept i suppose that is kind of a bit goofy for them and uh and again is is another of my problems with road dog appears that um he acts injured throughout a match but as soon as the match is over he doesn't Yay! he doesn't exactly like, <laughs> he, he got pretty he got stabbed in the chest with a pipe yes as soon as he wins, he's fine. He just runs back in. It's like nothing happened here. I'm okay. Well, he won. When you win a match, your it HP, your wins, HP yeah. gets restored. Yeah. He's all. Also, he's not poisoned anymore. So anyway, we cut backstage again. Yeah. I keep saying backstage. We cut back to the sex dungeon. No! 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 Yeah. And it's Midian, uh, Dennis Knight, who has now been taken to what appears to be the tomb Jesus Christ was put in yeah. before before Easter. Yeah. Full of chocolate eggs. The door opens and the acolytes are like, it's time. It's a big white light. And it's a blinding white light, fucking loads of white smoke. It's obviously RVD they're taking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, then he goes into Taker's lair, and just as he's going in, you can hear all the like the 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 fake, you know, the stock sound effects of guys going, Doo, ah! yeah, you know, the same the screams screaming, yeah. that are used in every video game. Every it's it's used in Earth in Earthrealm Gym in the Hell level. The screaming in the background is the exact screaming you hear when yeah. Midian goes to meet the Undertaker. How weird is this? It's very strange. Now, Undertaker has been buried alive, right? Now, the idea is, it's not explicitly stated, but because he's buried alive, the idea is that he's like more evil, or he's like inhabited by some sort of demon or whatnot. But a lair. I mean, honestly, yeah. like. That they move every week. We don't, they're in an unknown the location. It's like, where, where do you plug in the camera there? You know? That's no idea. what I, like the camera crew just terrified. <laughs> They're just kind of scared, like, yeah. you know. It's so, so weird. This is the beginning of a lot of weird shit that comes from the Ministry. The Ministry is such a strange angle. And because they're, they're a really big faction and they don't really get talked about a lot, like, it's weird because, you know, they're massive in the 99. But I think it's because there's so much fucking creepy shit going on. Yeah. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but when Midian gets brought out into Raw for the first time... It is one of the scariest, weirdest, way out of line, most just no wrong moments in history I ever. I look forward to it. <laughs> this is where I get one of those cuts. Oh, back yes. to Matt Stryker and Renee Young. Someone's obviously edited parts of it out, but kept in the last five seconds of it. Yeah. And it just Renee Young turning to the camera go, Ooh, Sean, I'm sorry. So instantly I know something's going to happen to Sean now. So like, so that happens. It's a weird thing to keep in that edit. Well, but... Something happening to Shawn Michaels is an understatement. Yes, it is. This is like, this is carnage what happens next. Yeah. HBK is back with, you know, all the DX are all having a bit of crack. Yeah. HBK leaves. He's like, oh, guys, just going to go off, go yeah. to the car or whatever. Get the Stone Cold Surprise. Get the Stone Cold Surprise. And as he's leaving, it's weird. Um, I didn't get, this is very strange. I don't know, this doesn't get followed up on. But as he's leaving, Xbox goes, yeah, what goes around comes around, man. Sean says, I'll see you guys later. And then Triple H goes, we'll see. Yeah, that's like, they're all like happy. And then Sean Michaels goes out and it gets a bit scary. And then Michaels goes to his car. 
keys aren't working. And he's like, yes. oh, the keys won't work. Oh, this kind of day. And yeah. then it's just like, bum, 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 better, better. But no, what happens is he goes back, tries to get in. He's locked. And all you hear off camera is like, hey, Sean. And it's obviously the boss man. Then it cuts. Off to commercial. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, that's, that's fine. No. <laughs> and what happens when it comes back from commercial is that we see a crime scene. Not like just a normal, you know, sort of how you would imagine the WWF would stage a crime scene. No. We, we see a dead man on a car. This is like drug hit in the wire levels yeah. of gruesome. This is easily the most, like, just in terms of this blood and, like, a guy is hurt, it's just, it's the most graphic they've ever done. It is like... Again, I thought that it was I was the guy had switched to like NYPD Blue or you yeah. know, something where there would be like a bit of a violent thing. Shawn Michaels has been put through the windshield of the car. Face first. Face first. He's lying on front. He's got like blood coming out of every orifice and pore in his skin. He's got bits of broken glass everywhere. And he's like... <laughs> and like there's snow falling everywhere as yeah. well. So he's And he's all like cold and shit. And the EMT's going to put him on the gurney. He's like... Because he's got internal injuries. It's fucking terrifying. It's horrifying. It's so scary. It was, it, it, the, the thing that slightly took me away from it though is uh, when the, the paramedic tries to put the neck brace on <laughs> and it comes off. Oh, so he just fuck. places it back on again, and then it comes off. So he's like, fuck it. Just chuck him in the back of the ambulance. He's like, yep, yeah, buy it there for real paramedic. Shows you the corporation are serious anyway. Yeah. In terms of they're not uh, ab- they're not be below killing a guy yeah. for wronging them. Yeah. Vince McMahon put a hit out I'm on sure. Shawn Michaels. That's scary. Yeah, it is. It's so out of character. He's like, you know, he's about, he's like, I, you know, if you're evil, Vince, you're like, I've got an idea. Why don't we have a handicap match tonight for whoever has wronged us? But now he's like, I've got an idea. Why don't we literally kill Shawn Michaels <laughs> in cold blood and leave his leave him to bleed out in the snow yeah. so his insides will freeze before the paramedics get it? That is literally the most violent, heinous act ever committed. So are DX actually involved with this? It's or never it's, followed up. It's never followed up that they presumably knew it was going to happen. That's kind of... Because he does come back... Shawn Michaels returns. And again, he's he's pally with DX again later yeah. on. And he's pally with Steve Austin. So I think... Is it was it the case that they gave him like the wrong keys? Just kind of go, ah, 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 you know, he'll have the wrong keys. He'll be but trapped But they said in the it snow. so sinisterly. It's really strange. I mean, I've as I said, I've watched these Raws and I don't think they pick up on it. Maybe it was something they had planned. Maybe it was their idea of giving DX an edge. Yeah. Because Sean, I mean, too, I mean, we were saying earlier, Sean was pretty despicable to these guys as recent as two weeks ago. It wouldn't make sense. But again, if you're going to have fun loving DX, yeah. kill a man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean... Their accessories to attempted murder. <laughs> it is. It's, att- it's attempted murder. I would say it was a ruddy good job as yeah. well. I didn't kill him, but they came close. Yeah. Good job. All right, yeah, after that, like, incredibly disturbing, off-putting moment, it's it's the, it's what we're all waiting for. It is the big, big match, Foley versus The Rock for the WWF title. DX in the Foley's corner, and the Corporation are in The Rock's corner. Now, famously, before this match, earlier on this broadcast, WCW obviously competing with, with, with WWF head-to-head. The famous incident that happened here was that, because WWF show, this show, had been taped... As a matter of fact, they actually spoiled it themselves. They put the results of this show, because it was such a big show, on their website as a way of 
drumming up kind of you know um, more people to go watch it see yeah. what happens more or less WCW on Nitro their head announcer Tony Schiavone at the start of the program he said oh by the way if you're thinking of changing the channel to our competition they're going to have Mick Foley used to wrestle his Cactus Jack win their world title oh boy that's going to put some butts in seats yeah and the Monday Night Wars were won uh, basically yeah because um, that's something that said at the end of my version is Matt Stryker says that it's approximately 600,000 people turned over from WCW to watch this match. Which is shockingly crazy. This was, uh, I mean, WCW had a pretty, I mean, WCW, I think, 98, the wheels had fallen off the wagon, in, in my opinion, anyway. Some people may think it was good, I thought it was, it was garbage. But they had a pretty hot show going into this, in the fact that Goldberg, you know, his yeah. streak had ended... You know, at the pre at the pay per view, which had just been on the night before, which was Starcade, so Goldberg had lost his streak. Ke- Kevin Nash was was the champion. Uh, Goldberg was going to face, you know, trying to get his hands on the champion. Hulk Hogan was coming back after saying he had been retired for a few months. Yeah. So they had a massive, massive show, and I think actually after because WCW would always run a little bit longer than WWF because yeah. they had more freedom with their network. Everyone switched back to WCW, which showed that they actually did have a show that people wanted to see. It was just that they wanted to see, see this, this more. more. Which kind of really puts in perspective that WCW never got a higher rating than like a five. Yeah. They never, they never got anywhere close to that ever again. This was the last. This is the highest they got ever, ever again. So uh, when they're going head to head. So yeah, pretty much this match was a huge, huge moment for both Foley, but also for the WWF. Yeah. So what do you think of Bischoff's strategy of giving away results? He's a bit of a prick. <laughs> Isn't well, he? Well, we know he's a prick anyway, because yeah. of a lot of things that he's actually done. I mean, people say, oh, it was on the website, so they weren't spoiling anything. But I mean, I don't know about you. I know, but, but he did that every week. Yeah. And also as well, most people didn't have... I mean, it wasn't like now. I mean, if I got on the internet, it would, it would be like kind of once a week, mm. maybe. Most people were in the same situation. They weren't online all the time. I think yeah, it was really really sleazy, particularly because it was they they had to know that it was a special night for for both me for me mm. like they could have leave well enough. To know, if they actually if they hadn't done that, they would have won that rating as well. Yeah. Bischoff actually, I think he stopped pretty much after this, giving away the uh, results. Yeah. Well, the damage had been done. So, so stupid. The Monday night wars were over. If anything, it's I think it made Vince do all his shows live. So maybe yeah. that kind of was good in that respect that it spurred him on to do that. I mean, that, that's obviously the kind of the big story going into this match. What we do get though, outside of the you know the bigger story about ratings and whatnot, is a really great match between Foley and The Rock. Really with a good match. Huge big fight feel because you've got all of DX and all the corporation. This feels like a huge battle. Like that is actually a lot. It seems like it's it's a bigger deal than the previous two matches that these guys had at Survivor Series and uh, at Rock Bottom. They brawl like to the outside. It's pretty fantastic action. This is funny because uh, Jerry on commentary goes, "This match won't end in with you know just a load of guys running in and it being a big schmoz and there being no ending like every other match on this <laughs> on this uh, on this show." He says it won't be like that other company. Like so, they take it shots at WCW. So you know, Rock at one point dons the headset again. <laughs> Well, obviously, The Rock is here. Obviously, he's just checked Mankind in to the SmackDown Hotel on the corner of Know Your Own Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. Maybe a little thirsty, Mankind. You want some water here? Look at this! Somebody help The Rock! 
entertaining as hell. Yeah, it is. I and mankind that. does the same. Yes. Mentions that he has testicular fortitude. Are you? Have you got testicular fortitude, do you reckon? or? Uh, I think so, but that might be something to t- consult my doctor about. <laughs> <laughs> Bell shot from the rock, complete with the ding sound yeah. effect. I don't care how stupid it is, how corny it is. You hit someone a bell in WWF. You want, that, you want a ding. I want that ding. I want that, I ding. Want that ding. It's 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 simple as that. Foley's shirt is in like he like his shirt slowly yeah decays. I mean, you see his, the t-shirt he's wearing, the job squad t-shirt yeah. underneath. Yeah. Apparently, Kevin Nash said back in a in a, in a shoot interview that he did that there were like the, the unspoken rules of wearing t-shirts fashion wise. Yeah. Was that you had to wear if you're wearing a t-shirt it had to be like a, a wrestling gimmick t-shirt but it couldn't be your own yeah because that means you got a big head so Foley obviously paying tribute oh, to and, Al and, Snow and, 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 and Kevin Nash said that did he well, don't he's... have a big head <laughs> <laughs> yeah you don't want to seem a bit egotistical Kevin coming Nash from Kevin fucking Nash that beacon, that beacon of modesty and humility <laughs> Alright guys, I know I put myself to win the belt in N. Goldberg's streak, but I was wearing Shawn Michaels' t-shirt when I did it, and he is a good friend of mine. So we get rock bottom through the table. Uh, it's great like, to see like, the kind of the corporation and DX are kind of at a stalemate almost as well. No yeah. one wants to throw that first punch, which is funny as well is that when uh, Rock puts Foley through the table, there's a big kerfuffle because King's headset gets knocked off and Cole's microphone gets cut as well. There's no Michael Cole on commentary for like a minute and a half. Yeah. And it's the sweetest 90 yeah. seconds of the show. All you show. can hear is Jerry telling the ref to go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird seeing Jerry on his own for a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. He's he's really out of element when yeah. he's there on his it's own. It's weird though, because you, 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 when that happens, you also get to see what they're wearing. And uh, Jerry <laughs> is wearing his normal sort of kingly gear. Normal bright red. Bright red kingly gear. And then Cole is just wearing denim jeans and a blue shirt. He's just in denim. Denim jeans, denim jeans and a denim shirt, or as it's also known, a Canadian tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a star- He looks like John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he dressed like that? Because he's here to bring law, order, and justice to this town <laughs> any means necessary. I mean to kill you in one minute. <laughs> so anyway, we get a belt shot from The Rock on Foley. Yeah. Locks him right the fuck out. Great kick out here. The crowd is rumbling big now because I think they at this point they figured out that tonight is the night, yeah. so to speak. It's just it, they've got the the crowd are on the right side, I think now. Yeah. Because even from the as soon as The Rock entered, they're booing him. Yeah. Which was a damn sight better than what they did last time. Yeah, they yeah. they they properly established him as a heel and someone you should boo, which uh, which I liked a lot. I liked as well like Rock was like trying to weasel out of this match and all yeah. this stuff. Why do you think the Rock's gear as well actually by the by by that token? Because the Rock is wearing like a tracksuit top yeah, but, and all that. Well, he, he's uh, Jerry says as he's coming out that um, he's so angry about <laughs> he's that the Rock's angry about you know having this match because you know he didn't agree to it. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then says he didn't even have time to uh, get into his ring gear. He, he knew he was having the match 45 minutes ago. Also as well, there are many shots when you can see The Rock is wearing his Brahma Bull tights yeah. underneath his gear. So he's I, just... I don't quite understand it. He had had surgery on his pectoral uh, right. area. The, uh, it was, some people say it was just some like cosmetic procedure. Other people said that he had something that needs to be removed. Blah, blah, blah. Need to say he had had some sort of surgery on that area, and that's why he's wearing a top for this bit. Fair play. I think rock. I like corporate rock wearing the, you know, yeah. the tracksuit though, kind of like a real scumbag. I think it really <laughs> suits him. You can tell things are are picking up now. Mister Socko comes out, yeah, and straight away Shamrock tries to run in, which brings in Billy Gunn. Straight away clusterfuck. Everyone is fighting. Huge big brawl, and all of a sudden 
the glass shatters, and in my mind, the biggest pop in wrestling possibly yeah. ever. comes out fucking and amazing this is actually the moment I think ruined the match for me really yeah Stone Cold coming out you don't like Stone Cold's winning it for the for Foley basically no really I wanted Mick to win it by in his own right it's like you know it's like China winning, winning something for for someone else for someone else It's it didn't feel like Mick won it it felt like Stone Cold came out kind of stole the limelight a little bit obviously he it, like he everyone knew he was going to come out and you know, he hits the rock and then puts Mick on yeah. the rock and then one, two, three. I think my there's there's two ways they're looking at. It. One is that yeah, that he kind of it makes Foley look a little bit like kind of a little weak or whatever. The yeah. fact that what I, I say I will argue I would say I don't like the fact that Austin literally drags him on top. If Foley was able to make the cover himself, I yeah. wouldn't be cool with that. I don't have a, a problem with Austin coming out and hitting Rock with the chair. Mainly because they've proven several times up to this point that Foley can beat the Rock and has essentially yeah. has had him beat like twice already. Like he 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 can do it. Yeah. So you know it's a case of fighting screwiness with screwiness, so yeah. to speak. But whether or not you think that it makes Foley look a little bit crappy or whatnot, you can't argue the fact that the fans just oh they love it. We're so happy. They were so happy first of all to see Austin come out because that that is in my mind it's just it's such a crazy pop. pop. You can count on your hands things you could argue are equal to that pop. I don't think there's anything bigger than that. Afterwards, when Foley actually has the belt, the crowd just lose their shit. They're it's so everyone's just so happy. It was a people win titles win titles all the time, but when actually you get the perfect storm of someone who you've wanted to see win a belt for so long, who yeah. really truly is like not kind of a oh let's see what this guy does with the belt or oh this might be interesting just. Yes, thank fuck at last. Yeah. They did that with, when Jeff Hardy finally won the belt. It was like that as well. But this is just a magic, magic moment. I think, from my money, it's one of, if not the best moment in Raw history. Like, just the reaction he gets. Yeah. Foley looks like, he looks, looks like a, a real, he's on the shoulders of DX afterwards. He's so happy. It's cool. I mean, it's like, you feel like, if you just watch this in isolation, maybe, just the, the episode of Raw on its own, you're mm. kind of like, oh, Foley just, you know, had it won for him. But I think the fact that we've seen maybe yeah. those struggles with him, he kind of... Adam said in the recent episodes, like, every single episode, I end up saying, I feel bad for Mick Foley. Not this, though. Not this time. He finally gets his, his time in the limelight. And it's only short, you know, and it it gets a hell of a lot darker as soon as we get to the Rumble. But it's just for this moment in its own where he says, yo, Adrian, I did it with the belts and all that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think you can see him crying as well. Oh, I yeah. There's a twinkle in that eye there. And then, you know, you get Cole ruining the moment. That's Again. my one regret about this is that Michael Cole instead of Jim Ross. Imagine Jim Ross. But I think if Jim Ross called this, it would have been awesome. Yeah, and Cole keeps going on. Cole says, you know, all that Foley ever wanted was the crowd to cheer him for his talent. He hasn't got much talent though. 
Yeah, he, <laughs> like says this, that, yeah. he says he says it's just bizarre little His moment. words are absolutely he keeps going He may not be the most talented. Just 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 says that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing after it. No, he's incredibly talented. I think they're trying to put over the fact that it's like, oh, he's unorthodox, but he's talented. Yeah. I mean, Cole he, to his credit, it's the first time he's had to do one of these kind of oh shit. It's, big moments. It's a big moment. And he does he does he does better than he normally does, but he seems to have like twenty lines and they're all out of order. Mm. Like at the start, he's like, from hitchhiking all the way to Madison Square Garden. And then like five minutes later, he's like, McFoley is champion. And then he starts again. He's like, from being called Moby Mick as a pudgy kid. And I guess the point that one of the last things he's saying, he's like, McFoley eating peanut butter sandwiches in his car. <laughs> Go on a train. McFoley won. And it just ends. Like, it's so weird. I, yeah. I think it's... Uh, Missed opportunity. And you get the road dog doing the intro then for Foley as the yeah. champion. Spoiling it for everyone. <laughs> I mean, Mick dedicates the, the win to his children. At the risk of not sounding very cool, I'd like to dedicate this match to my two little people at home and say, Mikadio did it! This is the blackest thing in the history of the WWE! That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. awesome. You don't get many... You don't get that. Family I men. Don't, I don't think I can ever remember someone doing that well I think people have done it before but I, I, I think you can argue that Foley is the first guy who you would probably believe if he said this is for my wife and kids at yeah. home he's the first guy you're like now this guy lives for his family you know I have to say closing thoughts it's a weird ass episode of Raw yeah, Wait, you know what it's Raw in 1999 this is what it's like it's keep you watching keep you from turning over to that fucking other channel and one thing they did really effectively despite all the really weird shit from Shawn Michaels being murdered to yeah. D'Lo Brown and that absolutely horrible angle they made they told the story throughout the night which is you know the first segment you know with, with this being set up with the Stone Cold surprise fully wanting the shot fully you know I like the fact that they told the story throughout the whole show. Yeah, we did. Because seeing now we've got three hour Raws, we rarely get that. Raws so much filler. This had more story in an hour and a half than a Raw does nowadays. Yeah. How would you, like, in terms of the overall viewing experience, how would you rank this up compared to a regular Raw, you say? To Raw nowadays? Yeah. Um, the pacing I, is way different, isn't it? The like? pacing is completely different. I, I, I don't think I could possibly say which I prefer because they're, they're completely different entities. Uh, but it's it's so different from you know raw it, from when I was watching like 2005 2000 like 2007 and then it's different to what raw is now yeah it's, com- it's completely different so I don't know if I can make a comparison about where they stand against each other but it's um I think I get the feeling though with this you know only having an hour and a half to work with here essentially there's a general sense of urgency throughout the night which you don't get nowadays where you feel like they're, they're like right every single second of this has to count yeah there has to be something happening and maybe that explains why we get a lot of like non-matches and matches because they, they don't want to have a 10 minute match because they have a 10 minute match that's like two segments where they could have advanced yeah. some storyline or whatever. It's yeah, you're right. It's completely different now. Whereas now it's kind of like something happens in the first ten minutes, and then like two and a half hours later, it's like, hey, remember that thing that happened? Yeah, we're gonna follow up on well, that. I, now. I think it's like the past four or five rows. The the opening segments have been twenty five minutes long. The first match is after twenty five minutes. Yeah, it's been like that for for a couple of weeks now. So they throw a lot at you here, but it's usually quick bite size. Yeah. 
Uh, stark contrast to the pay-per-views, I think. This game yeah, gives you a, a good feeling. But overall, what do you think? I mean, do you think it, this moment is as memorable as it's as often touted to be? What do you think overall about you know Foley winning? And I like it. I mean, I, I've said it so many times that Foley, if 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 anyone on the roster at this moment was to get the belt, um, there's only a handful of people I could say. I could say you know a couple of other people, but always top of the list would be the person who deserves it the most, the person who's put the the most effort into the business and to putting other people over themselves, yeah, yeah. which has been what Mick Foley's been doing for, for the run of the podcast is... Making other guys look good. Making other guys look good. Yeah. And he's finally been recognised for all of his hard work. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm knowing that it doesn't last long, you know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it, it lives up, you know, because a lot of these moments people get wrapped up in nostalgia and whatnot. In terms of just that moment, it lives up as an overall episode of Raw, though. It's it's a it's a shocking it's a shocking bit of viewing. I would be worried if some people would be like, kind of, hey, you want to know what Raw is like in the attitude there? You want to get into wrestling? Watch this episode of Raw. You turn them off with yeah. the with the miscarriage and the sex dungeon and the murder and the boy. Yeah, this is a it'd be weird because they're bringing out a big box set of all episodes of Raw. Coming out, yeah, like like the ten best episodes of Raw, and this is apparently going to be one of them. It's going to be like, I wonder if they're going to do a little bit of cleaning up of this. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to maybe not have the footage of Shawn Michaels puking up blood. But anyway, that is going to do it for this bonus episode of the Attitude Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. As always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher Radio. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Maybe leave a rating or review. We always appreciate those. Of course, well, make sure to follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast. Follow Billy as well at Billy Keeble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, make sure you pop on over to Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast, where you can check out all our goofs, gas. We post videos, pictures, photos, all that kind of thing. Check us out on YouTube as well. Also, Botchamania.com, your number one destination for all our stuff. But until then, it is goodbye from me, Kevin. I'm me, Billy. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast, where we're going to review the Royal Rumble. 1999. Enjoy your pancakes. Three thousand pounds. Three thousand pounds. Three thousand pounds. Three thousand pounds. So bad. Oh boy! So bad. Oh boy! Oh boy.